boys, beers, and boycotts. When will this all end? What is the driving force behind everything that we're going to be talking about today? I'll tell you on this episode of the Dr. Matters podcast that starts right now. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, everybody. As you heard on the intro, we're going to be talking about beer, boys, and boycotts. And we're going to get even deeper than those three subjects because, as you know, those three subjects are kind of ruling social media right now. They're ruling the newscast. They are ruling everything, everywhere we turn our head, everywhere we turn our ears. We hear about beer, especially. We're now hearing about boycotts. And I'm throwing the word boy in there because, well, if you don't know who Dylan Mulvaney is, and if you haven't heard about the latest controversy about Bud Light, the beer um, that has kind of blown Dylan Mulvaney up in the process, seems like they've blown their sales up. As last I've heard, they have taken a 30% hit because of their choice to back and provide for his own can Dylan Mulvaney with his face on it. Now, if you don't know who Dylan Mulvaney is, we're going to get into just a little bit of it. So let me just set up this podcast episode for you. We're going to take a look at who Dylan Mulvaney is really quickly, and then we're going to look at the commercials and the sponsors that Dylan Mulvaney has briefly. And then we are going to be talking very brief about boycotts. And then I want to talk about this all from a Christian perspective Briefly, and I also before and maybe while we do that, I want to play a video that I ran across today. It's about nine minutes long um, by a young man that goes by the name Bo Diddle. And uh, he was at a Pride Fest or Pride um, something or another. And he was walking around asking people that profess to be Christians about transgenderism, homosexuality, etc. And if this is something that Jesus would approve of or the Bible would approve of. So we're going to talk about those things and just look at how we've gotten here overall. So really the first half of this is just going to be some uh, refresher. If you've already seen this, it's just going to be, if you've never heard this or seen this, it's going to be really quickly about who Dylan Mulvaney is, what's going on really quickly. But we want to really get to the meat of this episode and look at the um, idea of who and why this has happened. Who has allowed this to happen and why is it happening when it comes to transgenderism and homosexuality? So first of all, Dylan Mulvaney is a man who is transitioning to a woman. And apparently this may not include any type of surgical things being removed. I will say it like that just to be um, less gross, uh, but I'm going to play a video for you here first, just so you can see and hear who Dylan Mulvaney is. Again, a man that is a transgendered woman. So ultimately he's a man. Uh, this man has sponsors with Tampax. I've talked about Dylan Mulvaney before on the podcast briefly. Uh, he has a sponsorship with Tampax. He has a sponsorship now with Bud Light, Nike, um, some clothing stores, uh, a hotel chain, uh, all sorts of things. And uh, I think you need to be aware as believers of who he is and what these companies are doing. And then we're going to talk about briefly the beer situation, the backlash, and uh, then we'll talk about the rest. But Dylan Mulvaney, again, I want to show you this just so you can have an idea of uh, who he is. And uh, I, I did say who he is because he is definitely a he. And uh, we're going to look at this. 
And uh, just let me say this before I play this. Um, if you have kids listening or anything like that, it's not X-rated or R-rated. It's just gross a little bit. Um, he's going to mention mention the bulge. Uh, <laughs> that's about as graphic as it gets. So just a fair warning. Uh, but listen to Dylan Mulvaney. This is a male, but this is just going to give you a glimpse of who he is. Day 74, being a girl, round of applause for the makeup. And I wore this outfit shopping today. And I thought that these might be my new shopping shorts. But I was walking around and everyone was staring. And I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes. There's a reason that his crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches. It's because he is not a woman. And this is a, I want to say, and I want to be very careful here, but I want to say this, and I believe this, this is a mental issue. There is a mental disability going on inside of this man's head for him to dress like this, to act like this, to talk like this, and to talk about, the quote-unquote bulge is just disgusting, especially if you're a woman and he tells you that he's not like other women because he has a bulge because he's not. And uh, this should make you irate. And I can't believe that we as a society have let ourselves get to this point. It's because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. And I thought, okay, Dylan, you have some options here. Number one, you can stop wearing clothes that fit like this and, and just find looser fitting items. Number two, I can do a tuck, which is going to have to be a whole other video, but it's very painful and involved of a, or number three, I just normalize it. And I wear clothes like this and we all just normalize women having bulges sometimes because we're coming up on bikini season, baby. And you might see a bulge or two. So normalize the bulge. We are normalizing the bulge. Women can have bulges and that's okay. We're not going to stare at their crotches while they're wearing their little shopping shorts at the mall. Oh, thank you. Love you. Bye. Uh, yeah. Problem number one. Women cannot have bulges. That is terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Women cannot have bulges because women are not men and men are not women. I, I know, I know I shouldn't even have to say that, but unfortunately we live in a world where I have to say it because it's happening over and over and over right in front of our face. And there's got to be something that is done because I think this, this is a mental disability. There is some sort of uh, emotional thing going on there to make someone think about transitioning to an opposite sex. Yes, you may not feel like you're a male. You may not feel comfortable in your own body, but everybody at some point in their life feels that way. But that doesn't mean we have to change it immediately just because we feel a certain way about ourselves or we don't like something about ourselves. We don't change who we are just because of what we think. And that is what I've learned recently is uh, sex is what you were born with. Gender happens between the ears. It's what you think. And the problem with that is there are a lot of things that happen in our thought process. That's why, number one, the Bible tells us that we should take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. But here's the problem. We live in a Romans chapter one world where people are suppressing the truth that there is even a God and they're railing against that God in their sin. And this is a sin. And the church has got to stop letting it happen on their watch. And I'm going to continue on in this. And uh, hopefully we can find some common ground here. Hopefully you can agree with me. And hopefully we can start saying and doing things that will change the trajectory of our culture, because this is not what we want in our culture because this is sinful, this is disturbing, and this should not happen. So now I want to take you into the big controversy now. I want to give you a, a look at what's going on with um, Bud Light. Uh, this is the, uh, the big Bud Light thing. Um, 
you probably heard about it, but this is this is going to be the commercial that they that Dylan Mulvaney has done with Bud Light, and then he's going to talk about the Bud Light, and they have given him a special can with his face on it because they want to reach the transgender crowd so they can drink this Bud Light beer, and um, this is this is just this is just sin, uh, and you'll see as a man is very effeminate and dancing around in women's clothing and, and, and even a bathtub. So just, if you're watching, watch, watch with care. If you're watching or listening, he's wearing a bikini top in a bubble bath. Dancing around. Skills, right? I got some Bud Light. And if you were listening in that, just the music portion, he was dancing around, and there was a, a pyramid of Bud Light cans in the back, and he grabbed one and opened it um, and drank. Uh, but then it's going to roll right into what Bud Light has done for him and given him his own can. Hey, impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness. And I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can. With I've paused it here so you can see the Bud Light can with his face on it. Cheers to 365 days of being a woman. Um, no, Dylan Mulvaney, you are not a woman, and uh, you are not fooling anyone. Building and your own. Somehow, I have messed up and and gone back. Now we have to sit through an ad. But while this ad is playing, Dylan Mulvaney is not a woman. You can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light. I am at Kate Spade, New York, to find the perfect spring Kate outfit. Spade, New Let's York go. Now. Kate Spade, New York, is a staple in my wardrobe. And I think I absolutely need to have this as my spring bag. The mini bags are in. They're in. Let's go. You know I love pink, and I think the bag will go great with this. Let's try her on. You can always use another pair of heels, right? Honestly, I think I'm going to wear this out of the store. So happy spring. I love you. I love you, Kate Spade, New York. Now, this one is even more disturbing because now he is dressed up and acting like a six-year-old girl. Um this is Mulvaney's endorsement of the Plaza Hotel. Um, acting as a six-year-old girl, it, it, it is absolutely disgusting. Uh, but I'm going to play it. I am six. I'm a city child. I live at the Plaza Hotel, which is huge and wonderful and trace elegant, especially at Christmas time. God, I love native deodorant. I just wish it smelled like candy. Dylan. Did you just say you wish for a candy-scented deodorant? Yeah. Try this. Native candy shop collection and gummy bear scent? Just try it. Okay. Here you go. Oh, oh. I usually don't accept candy from strangers, but thank you. Wait, who even are you? Don't worry about that. Just enjoy the native products. Love you. Love you too. Mom, I can't talk right now. I'm at the New York Pride March with Motorola on my new razor. I gotta go. Love ya. And although I'm not dating anyone yet, I'm getting my smile ready by using Crest 3D White Strips professional effects. In our work together, Kind asked me to join them in celebration simply by doing something kind for someone today. So I had an idea for my act of kindness. You know how we do bridal and baby showers? Well, my dream is to throw newly trans people a coming out shower. Oh, lay every day. SPF, that's just my way. Getting sun, I'm going cray. Oh, lay. Oh, slay. That was the Bud Light commercial along with some other things there that you can see. And I thought the Nike one was on here, but Nike has endorsed Dylan Mulvaney now, which is, again, should be a slap in the face to all women who uh, are true women and do not appreciate these things. Uh, so th that's that's where we are now. And uh, there's been a, a big backlash going on over 
Dylan Mulvaney and especially the Bud Light things. And um, even more now, I think uh, there's some boycotting of Crest stuff and um, any other of those things, Motorola and Razor phones and things like that. So, but the big one, big one right now is Bud Light. And uh, there has been a call to boycott Bud Light. And recently Kid Rock blew up some Bud Light and, or shot up some Bud Light, Travis Tritt and uh, uh, some other country music singers and other singers have said that they're taking Bud Light off their tours. They're not going to have Bud Light anything there. And um, uh, the guy from Big and Rich, John Rich, he is not – apparently he owns a bar somewhere, maybe probably Nashville. Uh, he's not going to serve Bud Light anymore there. So there's a big boycott going on. So the, the thing that I want to think about is these boycotts, they really are not going to do a whole lot. Yes, they are going to hit the pocketbook of Bud Light and other companies like Nike potentially. Uh, very little, but these 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 companies are huge. They have tons of money rolling in. They, they have tons of revenue. They have all sorts of things. Boycotting is not going to be what is going to change the world. Boycotting is not going to be what ends this whole transgender thing because everywhere you look, it's getting a push and a push and a push. And the problem is we can boycott all day long, but we need to be preaching the gospel. We need to be preaching the scriptures and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, because we as Christians have been silent for way too long. This is why now silent men have turned men into women. Yes, I'm talking about men in pulpits, men that won't get out of their comfort zone and talk to people about Christ. I'm talking about people that just sit back and they get comfortable in their Christian uh, their Christian worship, their Christian churches. They get comfortable in their own homes, and they allow this thing to happen. Just like we've talked about before, abortion. We've stayed silent on abortion for so long. Finally, there are some people that have been railing against abortion, trying to get legislation changed and all of these things. And um, the same thing needs to happen with this transgender thing. This is very uncomfortable for many people. This is a small amount of people trying to overhaul and change the world. And the problem is we are allowing this to happen. We look well beyond the scriptures and we don't remember that God created male and female. He created them. He created them in his image. He gave them the gender that they have. We are not allowed to change that from a biblical perspective. Even if you are not a Christian, you do not have the authority to change what God has given you. This is wickedness. This is this is coming from a reprobate mind. This is a disability that has to be looked at. This has to be stopped at a medical level. And really, I was reading about Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones, Martin Lloyd Jones today. He says that even as a physician, like a real doctor, he was a real medical doctor. He said he kept seeing people and the symptoms, uh, the main cause of the symptoms was ultimately sin. So we can take this idea of transgenderism and homosexuality and pinpoint exactly what the deal is. It's sin. And we have to deal with the root cause. If sin is the root cause, then the cure is the gospel. So we need to continue to preach the gospel, but be more bold in preaching the gospel, not just sit back and be silent and let the whole world be overrun with men who think they're women and women who think they're men. This is ludicrous. If you were to start taking a deep dive down into exactly what this whole thing means, when you start looking at all of the, the different charts and things that, that transgenderism and the LGBTQIA have, it gets very confusing very quickly. And the problem is, as Christians, we have to understand that God is not a God of confusion and chaos. I've mentioned this before. But we have to understand that we cannot tolerate what the world and the wicked are calling good and we cannot celebrate that along with them. So we have to do something and fight against it, which brings me to this next clip. I ran across this kid. Uh, I think he's from Tennessee somewhere, maybe potentially around Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm not sure exactly where he's from, but uh, Bo Diddle is his name. Now, uh, I, I, there are some things that he does well in these things. First of all, I don't know why I guess he's dressed to fit into the crowd here at this Pride Fest. Um but there's some things that he says that are questionable. There's some things that he doesn't say that he probably should say. Um, but we're going to take a look at this, at what Bo Diddle says. 
as he and it goes to this pride fest and we're going to take a look at this and listen to this and really try to look at it from a biblical perspective now bo diddle would say that he's a christian there's a lot of things that he leaves on the table uh that could have really gone into the conversations that he has uh so i may stop it and and let's just kind of talk through it a little bit just to kind of see what could have been said better or differently or or not said at all but the thing that I want you to see, at least that there is someone getting out in the crowd and a, at least talking about this with people. And this is a great opportunity to preach the gospel to those in love and uh, not in hate. Uh, and let me just say this. Um, this is a pride fest. So, again, small ears uh, or eyes, just be careful. So let me do this and uh, we will take a look and a listen together and uh, we'll see what this looks like and what we can do and learn from it actually this is a learning tool i'd like to use this as a learning tool for us we've seen the transgender issues from dylan mulvaney to uh bud light beer and the boycotts there there's a reason this is happening, but now let's look at this as a learning tool about how we can get into the community and into the culture with the gospel. So uh, let's just watch. Welcome back to a brand new YouTube video, guys. Today we're at the LGBTQ festival in Tampa, Florida. And wow, is there a turnout? So uh, get ready, enjoy. Make sure you leave a like, comment, share, subscribe. We're almost at 50. Ads. Oh. Hey, don't you just I'm love just ads? For a drive, which is wild because up in skip thousand subscribers on the trenches. So keep up the support. Thank you guys so much for all you do for uh, the supporting on this channel every day. So let's go ahead. Let's get straight into the video. I am gonna have no, to get another ad already, huh? I'm not sure if this is good for his channel or what. Dental. New patients without insurance. But now we can't even that. skip this one. Yeah, we can. And well, it's going off in two seconds. Here we go. Can I ask you about your shirt? Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. So what brought you out here? So let me just go ahead and stop it here and let you know that if you're just listening, that he is walking up to a couple. Um, his shirt says, God adores you, and so do we. And in the O and adores, it's a heart with all of the rainbow flag colors on it. It says, God adores you. So let's just listen to what they have to say here. Are you with an organization or no? Wally. Love movement? She actually started it. You started it? Yeah, she founded it. Do you you know the verse? You did what? It began in 2012. Okay. And and what scripture can you provide that would support what you guys are doing out here? Well, we have many scriptures, but we're not limited to that. We just want to act in love. But you're a Christian, right? Yeah, we are Christians. Okay, so you need to be limited to the scripture. Yeah, we have many scriptures that we. Yeah. Could you, could you I would give me a John couple? Three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. You know what it doesn't say? It does. It doesn't say though that for God so accepted the world. Oh, it doesn't say that. You know, it does say on John seventeen that God did not send His Son to condemn the world, but that the world, you know, would would save. So. And, and it talks too, though, a lot about judgment uh, from from both sides. You know, we're not here for that. We're here to just express love and kindness. I mean, it's one thing if you're expressing love, but what I fear is you guys are, are, are Christians and, and you're you're spreading a false message as seen in Jeremiah 23, 16. It's not a false message. It's according to your faith, right? According to his faith that this is not a false message, yet they claim to be Christians that are sharing love. And this man uses the scripture, John three sixteen for for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we would say, yes, but John 3.16 is not a license to go love and accept those that are in this LGBTQ camp. This is not a reason to do that whatsoever or even show up and just love on these people because God said he is love, that he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. This is not what the Bible is talking about, folks. You have got to understand that this is a progressive Christian lingo that we're hearing. This, These two people are progressive Christians, and progressive Christianity is nothing more than a false gospel, which the, the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 1, that anybody that teaches a different gospel, comma, 
not that there is one. Let it be known that there is not another gospel, comma, let them be accursed. Let them be anathematized. Let them go to hell is the strong language that is used there. These quote-unquote Christians have missed the mark on what it means to truly love. Truly loving someone the way that God loves or expects us to love, let me say that, God hates all wicked and evildoers and a lying tongue and all those things. See Psalm chapter 4, Proverbs 5, um, and you can see it there. Uh, but this is not the opportunity to come out and just love on people. We are shown what love truly is by telling people the truth. We need to tell people and teach people the gospel. That is love. Because we don't want to see anybody die and go to hell when we have a message that can be used to change the course of their life. God uses the hearing of the gospel to save people. And that's important to know, not to get out and affirm people in their sin, but we get out and preach the gospel and pray that God would change them from the inside out. No, if we're Christian, then it's our faith, because there's only one Bible. And it clearly states in Jeremiah twenty three sixteen, uh, it talks about false uh, teachers. And in First Corinthians six nine, it specifically says homosexuals. I am a believer. I am a believer. Love the good news. I am a believer. It's beautiful to hear you speak and to hear you acknowledge of the good news of the gospel. There is great news, but we have to accept the Lord. Didn't he come for the unrighteous too? Sure. The only yeah, that, that we repent. That we repent and become born again. Right. Agreed. Come on, taking a quick interview about your. He said, agreed. Uh, oh, let me just say, um, this guy is so lost and doesn't understand the scriptures. He came for the unrighteous, the sick, those that need a doctor, so to speak, as he puts it. It's not those that are well that need a doctor, but those that are sick, it's the unrighteous. But it's not coming and loving on them and affirming them in their sin. God is coming to them in their sinfulness, in their sin-sick way of life, and bringing the kingdom of God with him, teaching about the good news of the kingdom, teaching that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that nobody comes to the Father except through him. And then we branch out from that, and we look at all of the other scriptures that teach us about homosexuality and transgenderism and all of these things. And many of these progressives would tell you that uh, homosexuality was not in the Bible, was not included in the original manuscripts. It was added about 1946 or something like that. That comes from a progressive and uh, a film that was in 2022. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it's nonsense. Homosexuality, effeminate men, all of these things were in the scriptures way before people started watching films saying that it was not. As a matter of fact, let's just look at Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Dylan Mulvaney, abomination to the Lord our God. So, uh, homosexuality effeminate men, uh, transgenderism is in the Bible and has been for quite some time, long before the liberal progressive quote-unquote Christians got a hold of this and uh, tried to change the, the truth of God's word to fit their narrative. That's what will happen a lot of times is this will happen, and they will try to shift and, 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 and turn things upside down and on its head so they can have their narrative and feel comfortable in their sin. Now, uh, this guy's walking up on two other folks. Uh, they are giving away free hugs. They say something about God here. Let's go ahead and look at this. Uh, sure. God is madly in love with you. Which one? Sweet. So uh, God, God adores you and then God is madly in love with you. Okay. So what inspired you guys to come out here today? So we just know that, um, that the church has hurt the LGBTQ plus community and um, usually they're coming out with their signs of like, you know, hey, we're actually kind of surprised that there is nobody out here today. Like maybe there was like better security, which is exciting. But we just want to say that God loves everyone. So she does say something here that's interesting, that the church for years has hurt the LGBTQ plus community. And then she says they're out there with their signs. And, and normally what they're talking about is the people that are like Westboro Baptist Church. If you remember Westboro Baptist Church, 
that bring out signs that say God hates fags, God hates queers, um, you're going to burn in hell, faggots, and all those things. And excuse my language there, but that's what their signs say, and uh, a whole host of other things. And she's talking about that. And yes, I, I would say that the church has hurt the LGBTQ community to some degree or degree or another, but not all churches have. Now, what do we do as a church? Do we accept them in their sin? No, we continue to preach the gospel to them in love because that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to go to people that are just like us, that are in our tax bracket, that are in our skin color bracket, so to speak. Uh, he doesn't want us to go to people that are just like us, that go to the same places that we go to. He wants us to go to the nations, and it starts right in our own communities, in our own churches even. And that branches out from there. So we're going to come in contact with people that don't look like us, act like us, smell like us, drive a car like us, live in a house like us, even in the same neighborhood as us. But we must preach the gospel in love. We don't stand and 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 have hateful signs and 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 say hateful things to those that are caught up in the LGBTQ movement. We don't we don't hate them. We don't uh, speak down to them or talk mean to them. We in love preach the gospel. So, uh, yeah, for years, there have been a lot of churches and a lot of people that profess to be Christians themselves that have likely hurt the LGBTQ community because of that very thing. So that doesn't give us a reason or an excuse to then turn from the Bible and its teaching to do what we want to and wear shirts that say God adores you and um, that God's madly in love with you. And, and have all the rainbow signs on there. It doesn't give us an excuse to accept them in in their lifestyle. So I think we've where church hurt has met the LGBTQ community, there are some well-meaning people that have wanted to change that and shift away from that, but it's doing nothing more than hurting because it's essentially affirming them in their sin. And what they really need, again, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everyone, everyone. And so we have no agenda but just to give free hugs and just tell you how adored and loved you are by, by Unfortunately, their agenda should be to preach the gospel if they're true Christians, which true Christians would not be wearing rainbow sunglasses and, and saying things like God's madly in love with you. And what about yourself? Uh, that is literally the same thing. I'm on the same boat. <laughs> I'm just a vessel. <laughs> you guys both spiritual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love Jesus. We love Jesus for sure. What denomination are you guys? Uh Jesus-loving Christians? Yeah. We're non-denominational. Yeah. Okay, so Protestant, non-denominational? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, really, we represent so many different churches today, so um, uh, that's why I would just blanket say that we're non-denominational. If you love Jesus, you'll love his teaching, and you'll keep his commandments, and you will not find yourselves at these things affirming them and uh, representing a bunch of other churches. That's the problem is churches have turned to this and started accepting this and it is going to end poorly, whether it ends poorly on this side of eternity or on judgment day, it will end poorly. Let me just stop here and read this to you just for a second. Uh, I've been reading the book of Malachi, which is Man, it's a great book, which every book of the Bible is a great book. But let me read Malachi chapter 4, verse 1 to you. Um, actually, that's Matthew. Let me go on back. It's between Malachi, Malachi, last book of the Old Testament, Matthew first. Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will be so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Uh, there is a judgment coming for the wicked. And unfortunately, these that these two ladies that profess to be Jesus loving Christians, if they don't repent and turn and believe in the true Christ, they will be numbered amongst the ones that will be utterly and completely destroyed. And we don't want that for anyone. Um, so I pray that somebody would preach the gospel to these two ladies and they would understand and hear and that God would call them to himself and they would respond in repentance and faith. Let's keep listening. Awesome. Awesome. And what biblical scripture can you provide to, to support God uh, loving, which, of course, God does love, but also God accepting? So again, today we're no agenda. We're just saying God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that no one shall perish, but have eternal, eternal life, that nobody shall be condemned. 
you know, he didn't come for the world to be contempt. He loved the world and everybody in it. That is false. Um, they she used John three sixteen again. Let's listen. And today we're no agenda. We're just saying God so loved the world. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that no one shall perish, but have eternal. And- she missed a very important point that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. There is a huge difference here. She missed a very important part of John three sixteen. You must repent and believe of your sin to be counted as one of those that will receive everlasting life and not perish and then not receive condemnation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So those that have repented of their sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ will receive and inherit salva- this eternal uh, life, this salvation that uh, should push them to be biblical and turn their backs on this type of thing, but also they will receive no condemnation because Christ has already received it in their place. Christ satisfied the wrath of God on the cross for those that would turn from their sin and put their faith in Christ. She left out a key point here. Um, It's all about repenting and believing. That's how one is saved and and gets out from under the condemnation. If there is no repentance and, and belief on the Lord Jesus Christ, they are still positionally aligned underneath God's wrath, and they will receive his full wrath if they don't repent of their sin and trust the true Christ of the Bible. Eternal life, that nobody shall be condemned. You know, he didn't come for the world to be condemned. He loved the world and everybody in it. All right, so uh, you're at the St. Saint Clement's Episcopal Church. All right, awesome. What would you tell someone uh, coming as a Christian uh, about pride? What would you tell them? I'd say that the church should be inclusive, and the fact that so many aren't is more to do with those churches than the Christian message. Mm-hmm. And the people who uh, come to pride uh, should find churches which uh, are inclusive, and uh, they should belong to every community possible. What if you could do SEO smarter and faster? All inclusive. Everybody wants to be inclusive. Continue to do your interviews. I hope that everything and everywhere that you go, you will continue to just pour out love. You seem to be really. I love everyone. No, I'm not upset. I love everyone. We don't want. We don't want that for you. Like, um, the Lord spoke to me regarding this, and so because of that, I'm really passionate about just loving. Are you affirming them though? Like, do you accept their lifestyle? It's not my place to just answer the question. Do you accept their lifestyle? I am answering. Do you accept their lifestyle? Regarding my response. Do you accept their lifestyle? I accept love. I believe that this God isn't love. Is God, God is love. As Christians, we have to know God is love. Yeah, is so we have to abide by what God says. Yeah. You and, and you know, God is love and He's loving kindness and He's slow to anger and He's abundant with peace. He's a peacemaker. But as Christians, and, this is not love, this is sexual immorality. Uh, I'm sorry you feel that way. No, it's I, what the Bible says. It's not how I feel, it's what the Bible I, says. I, just, I pray and I hope that you continue to encounter love and encounter grace and encounter You say pray, but you're not love. quoting any biblical scripture to back what you're doing. You we could talk about that in another time, but right now I just want to pour on love on humanity. And what biblical scripture would you say? That's the problem. Pour on pour out love to humanity. Love again is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It supports that you can be homosexual and Christian. I just wanna I mean, you love the Lord, right? Yeah, I'm just asking questions. No, no, I know. Me too. But I just, I, I guess I just want to just, like, we're not here to argue or draw lines. I'm not arguing. I'm just say, asking questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I just want to say that Jesus loves you. Of course he does. But what biblical scripture supports homosexuality is my question. I want to say that Jesus loves you today. Thank you. He loves you too. He loves everyone. Yeah. But what biblical scripture supports homosexuality? <laughs> hey, man, like, we could, again... I just want to say that God loves you. That's what I love me. God loves everyone. And when she deflected three times every time he asked her for a biblical passage of scripture that would back up affirming people in their sin and in their lifestyle and what it is that helps them be accepted why they're out there. And she deflected three times and could not answer the question. When an LGBT person steps into your church... What- and now we're back to this guy uh, from St. Clement uh, Episcopal Church, and he seems to be clergy. He's got the clergy collar on, and uh, he thinks that all churches should be inclusive and that people that come to Pride Fest here in Tampa can find uh, 
all-inclusive churches. What do you tell them? Welcome home. Welcome home. Okay. And what viewpoints do you spread? Like as a as a Christian, what viewpoints do you spread spread in, in the church? Inclusivity that God made us as we are, and we should not just uh, respect that uh, within other people, but mm-hmm. encourage uh, and love other people as they are. Mm-hmm. And do you denounce things like the in the Ten Commandments, like adultery, idolatry? Um, you know, thief, uh, theft, killing people. Do you denounce those things? Well, we still follow the Ten Commandments because okay. they're a very good uh, moral and ethical foundation. Uh, but some some churches take them to a very hard limit um, and beyond breaking point uh, and reinterpret them. Okay. And then last question for you. What biblical scripture could you provide that would promote homosexuality? Jesus told everybody to love one another as he's loved them. Um, and we're not to judge. We leave that to God. At the end. And what verse is that? It's in the Gospels. Yeah, don't, don't pin me down with the verse. But here's my thing. Yeah, I mean, we are not to judge. Let me, let me say this. Matter of fact, let's, let's go there and read it from the scriptures themselves because this is a large... <sighs> issue don't judge bible says don't judge well let's just go to that passage and read it matthew chapter 7 starting in verse 1 says judge not that you be not judged okay judge not for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me take this speck out of your eye when there's the log in your own eye you hypocrite First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So do you know what this is saying? That before we judge others in their sin, we must do an internal check in our own lives. And if we have ongoing sin or something in our lives, we need to repent of that sin. And then we can lovingly go judge others in their sin and call them to repentance. So this leaving the judging up to God stuff is tomfoolery. It's uh, a, a wonderful theological word that I've learned from Pastor Philip Powers. Malarkey is what it is. We as believers are called to judge, but we first must look internally before looking externally and deal with our own sin and then help our brothers and sisters or those that are not our brothers and sisters deal with their sin as well and expose them to their sin and call them lovingly back to repentance or to repentance and faith for the first time. So, the the whole idea of judge not is something that is not um, biblical. We are to judge. We are to judge those inside the church, those that profess to be Christians. We did, we are to judge the fruit that they bear. And this gentleman that had the clergy collar on uh, couldn't tell you that he was a true biblical Christian because he was he is an inclusive clergyman and is wanting to love everybody and judge nobody because that's up to God. Um, very sad things to hear from quote unquote Christians. When it comes to, sure, sure, of course. But the thing, Bo, mm-hmm. Bo mm-hmm. tell me about, tell me about how Jesus met you, Bo. Jesus met me? Yeah. So I was actually raised in the, in the Christian church, uh, but you know, I'm becoming closer and closer with my walk with God every day. Yeah, me too. Okay, here's where I want to give a little more training and maybe training and and whatever you want to call it. This was the perfect opportunity for the gospel message to clearly go forth. Listen, I don't know Bo Diddle. If Bo Diddle somehow comes across this, maybe I'll tag him in this video. I love what he's doing. I love how he's at least engaging people. Um, But this was a beautiful time to preach the gospel. And he used his testimony, but the problem with the testimony is, is I was raised in the Christian church and I'm getting closer and closer in my walk with God every day. This was, that's not salvation. I hope that's not his testimony. Maybe he was just kind of put on the spot, but this is a perfect time. This person asked where Jesus met him. This would have been the perfect time to say, uh, whatever the case may be. For my case, it was, man, I was listening in Sunday school one morning and I started feeling this overwhelming sense, this overwhelming feeling of, I hope the teacher doesn't call on me to answer what I think heaven may be like. I didn't understand what was going on. I was just, man, I had this feeling that I just wasn't 
good and I wasn't who I thought I was. And I kept struggling with this. And I went and talked to a pastor and and uh, they told me that I was likely not saved. So I repented of my sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I turned from my sin and I believed that Jesus Christ came and lived a perfect sinless life to die the death I deserved. He was buried after being murdered on a cross. He was put in a tomb and three days later he rose again. And I believe that. And I believe that he ascended back to the right hand of God. And the Bible says that you must turn from your sin as well and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved if you do that. That is a quick and easy gospel presentation that he had the perfect chance to just launch into. But unfortunately, Bo Diddle, maybe he was under pressure. I don't know. But if you're going to go into these things and you want people to hear the gospel, you got to be ready and uh, not pass on opportunities like that. He kind of deflects here and goes right back to her. I was sad when I heard this, but um, we've all tanked it a time or two or probably more than a time or two before. So we'll show Bo Diddle a little grace at least this time. So, <laughs> uh, man, perfect opportunity to just launch into the gospel here. Awesome. Awesome. But see, my thing is God does love everyone. It says that many times, like uh -huh. you said, John uh -huh. three sixteen. God does love everyone. But when it comes to accepting, um, you know, like we do have a rule book, you know, as parents, we love our kids, Correct. but, but we well, also like have, to, we also have to tell them when they're in the wrong. Um, so like just blindly supporting people for stuff that's clearly said as sin is not right. People. We're not well, first Corinthians six, nine says that homosexuality is a sin. So you are blindly supporting them. No, like first Corinthians six, nine explicitly says, says homosexuals homosexuality is a sin so you you can't argue against that and so you're just blindly supporting them no we're not but you can you provide for me a biblical scripture that says you you're not me when you met jesus was it was it from a place of people telling you what you ought to be or just that jesus loves you it was my own personal decision it's right. the best decision i've ever because made Jesus loves you, right? Jesus does love you. But you still, as as disciples of God, you have to follow the rule books that he sets in place as seen in Scripture. So Scripture says homosexuality is wrong. Again, today we represent an organization that is of many churches that have different statements of belief. And so today for our interview and us just talking, like we're not going to draw lines because that's not our agenda today. I just fear this kind of false teaching, though. Okay. You have are part of the body, and so am I. And we have a body of functioning parts. And so bless you and your ministry and what you do. And God loves you. There you go. God loves you. Actually, let's look at what God does. Psalm chapter 5. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. Now, because... There are evildoers in this world. God sent his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And uh, God didn't send his son in here to uh, condone you in your sin, to let you have a pass in your homosexuality and your transgenderism. Uh, he came to save and to save you from that sin and to not leave you the way that you were. One of those guys, I think it may have been the clergy guy. He said, uh, uh, God created us away for a reason and and true he created us but he didn't create us to stay that way when we are saved we become a new creation proverbs chapter 6 i believe it is um let's see there are six things that the lord hates seven that are an abomination to him haughty eyes a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans. That's all of us. We've done that. Feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among the brothers. The Lord hates those people. But thank God he sent Jesus to die the death we deserve, to die in our place so that we could be saved from sin and death. Now, how did we get here? How did we allow people to get here? I've already alluded to it once, and it's because of silence from the pulpit. It's silence from men and even women when it comes to these things. It's a silence from preaching and teaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to show you this really quickly before we begin to wind down this episode. Thank you if you're still with us and hanging in there with us. I know this is a bit longer than normal, but 
I believe it's uh, truth to be talked about because this is the ultimate, uh, you know, where did we get here and what do we do? This is my brother, Rick Brown on Facebook. He, he posted this on his wall. Do we still call it a wall? I don't know if we still call it a wall or not. Either way, he posted this on his Facebook and it says this, the truth about silence. The reason the night watchman doesn't blow the trumpet is because it makes him a target for the approaching enemy. The moment he makes a sound, showers of arrows will rain down upon him. The cowardly watchman hopes to escape and live, so he keeps quiet, sneaks away to safety, and lets his fellow citizens perish. Many of you reading this have been conditioned to keep quiet. For your conscience sake, you have been taught to call your cowardice wisdom, but it is not thoughtful restraint that silences you. It's a lack of moral fortitude. You are a spineless go-alonger. You and those like you are the primary reason America is sliding into uncanny moral degradation. How is Dylan Mulvaney the face of billion-dollar corporations today? Your silence is how we got here. That thing you call wisdom is actually wickedness. And the reason it makes me angry personally is because you do two things to me. One, you leave me all alone as I blast the trumpet to take all the arrows by myself. Two, you have the audacity to add insult to my injury, injury by criticizing my trumpet blowing as unnecessarily controversial. You let me take the heat and then you blame me for the fire, the same fire that consumes my country. All the while, had all you been blowing trumpets with me in 2010, we would not be here today. Our public schools shouldn't be teeming with gender dysphoria and rampant immorality, but the cowardly silence of lecterns and pulpits across America opened the way for it all. The slightest bit of courage would have kept us from this. I know I'm preaching to the choir to some degree. Many of you have spoken out when you could, but some of you wouldn't even dare to click like on this post. Such is your cowardice that you are afraid someone might see that you like this post. Your heart skips a beat right now at the thought of it. You don't have to click like, of course. I'm not trying to manipulate you into doing so, but you should ask yourself the question, why am I hesitant to click like here? Is it possible that I have become that big a coward? I have to agree with my brother Rick Brown here. The silence is deafening. We've been silent for way too long. So how do we fix this? How do we start to turn this ship? Open our mouths, boldly preach the gospel, proclaim the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we live in a Romans one society, and if you want to know what that is, you just pick up Romans chapter one and you believe you begin reading that. But if we live in a Romans one society, the only thing that will help us now is the gospel. The gospel is the only thing that would ever be able to help us. The gospel was the only thing that would help us when it comes to social justice issues, racism, um, anything you can think of, police brutality, transgenderism, homosexuality, all of these things have one thing that is going to help. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like the doctor said, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, before he left before he left the, the medicine realm to go to the pastoral realm, he would talk about how many people were just going and living their life any way they please and just coming to get Band-Aids for their symptoms. They were not really dealing with the root of drinking too much or eating too much or not exercising or doing these things or not doing these things, which were leading to all other problems. So they would be band-aided, live how they want to live, and then come back. Well, if they want to cut all of that out, if they want to cut all their problems out, the first thing that is going to help and the first thing that is going to begin to fix people is their spiritual life, and that is the gospel, knowing that they are true sinners in need of a Savior and turning from that sin and trusting Christ. That changes their outlook on so many things. It changes how you, uh, how you drink, how you eat, how you live, how you uh, do everything. 
when you are obedient to the scriptures, it changes a lot of things, even your physical health. It is true. The Bible is full of things that when you are in sin, the psalmist says, my bones wasted away. It brings forth physical ailments, depression and anger and and loneliness, all sorts of things because we are not living the way God has called us to live. And when we live according to evil, we are living in total contradiction to the word of God, which is going to lead to many issues and problems that we have. So we must open our mouth and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And listen, let me tell you this. If I have any any LGBTQ plus people listening this far in, let me tell you this, is that I don't hate you. And neither should anyone else. You know what? I'll go one step further. LGBTQ people, they're allowed in my church. They're allowed to come in. They won't be hated on. They won't be looked at and discussed. But they will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will blow the trumpet. We will sound the horn. We won't make a mockery out of them. We won't make them feel uncomfortable on purpose. We won't call them by name. We won't look at them, but they will hear the gospel. They'll know that homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin, but they will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be called upon to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So must be the attitude for everyone else. We don't affirm them, but we lovingly preach the gospel. We don't hate them. We don't uh, say hateful things to them, but we Call them to repentance and faith lovingly, because that's what's going to change. The more we get the gospel out into this society, the more likely we will see God using people and changing people. Because let me tell you this, if Dylan Mulvaney became a Christian, think about the impact he would have. Over 365 days now, TikTok just blowing up from what I understand. He is He's kind of put all of this out on TikTok uh, his 365 days and, and every day of being a woman, what that looks like, et cetera, et cetera. So imagine if this following now started hearing Dylan Mulvaney preach Christ and Christ crucified. I think Dylan Mulvaney would go back to being a male. I, I say go back. He is a male. I believe he would take off the dresses, stop prancing around. I believe that he would speak a little more deeper. I believe that he would be a man and a man that would preach Christ and Christ crucified and would have a beautiful testimony to get into the lives of those who are considering transgenderism or homosexuality. Just imagine if somebody was bold enough to preach the gospel to Dylan Mulvaney. Or it may not even be Dylan Mulvaney. It may be somebody that you know, somebody in your community, in your church, in your home, in your family, at your job. Whatever the case may be, we all know somebody that has been affected by this, that have, that are leaning towards this. So the gospel is enough, and it should be enough. The days of being silent are long gone, folks. I, I hope I've showed you kind of where we're at now as a society because we've been quiet. We've got to repent of that. If you have not blown the trumpet on this sin, you and I must repent and get to work. You and I must repent of our silence and then boldly go proclaim the gospel, teach the true word of God, whatever the cost, whatever that looks like on our end, whatever that's going to cost us financially, whatever that's going to cost us on social media, whatever that's going to cost us as friends, whatever it costs us, we need to go preach the gospel loud, boldly, full of faith, and pray that God would change people from the inside out. And that we would start to see our society begin to turn. Like a ship changing its course, turning around. I pray that God would use those that he has saved already to begin to make an impact in our culture. From abortion to transgenderism to homosexuality, from whatever the case may be, social justice issues, the gospel is enough. And the more we get it out, the more people hear it, the more people respond in faith, repentance in faith. And like that ship, society might just start to turn just a bit and maybe do a complete 180. And we would see this world turn back to Christ because men and women were tired of being silent.
that they have repented of that sin and now are a loving, loud gong for the gospel of Jesus Christ and hoping to see others saved. Uh, thank you for staying with me. We're looking like we're right at around an hour now. This is the longest we've done, but we did talk about a lot of things in a short amount of time. Uh, so if you've listened to the whole hour, man, thank you. And uh, I really appreciate it. And if you haven't liked or subscribed to this channel yet, if you feel led to do so, please do. If not, that's okay too. I just do this as an extra outlet to get gospel content out there, to get some thoughts out there. You may agree with me. You may disagree with me on things. That's okay. We can have loving disagreements and uh, loving agreements. So uh, I hope this has been of help to you. I hope that it has encouraged you. I hope that you will be bold in the proclamation of the gospel. If you want to know what the gospel is and what it isn't, go back an episode or two and you can hear that. I did uh, an episode on the gospel. So uh, thank you for staying with me. Thank you for listening to some teaching points through Bo Diddle's uh, YouTube video. And uh, thank you for listening as we kind of set up where we are as a culture today with the Dylan Mulvaney thing and the boycotts and all those things. Boycotts, boycott all you want, but preach the gospel even more. That's what this world needs. Till next time, folks. Thank you and God bless.